and scholastically and, and from an intellectual perspective, but also the realization into those doctrines. And uh, we're very blessed to, to have Rinpoche with us. And uh, anyone who's new, please rejoice in the fact you have an opportunity to hear the Dharma from a qualified teacher when we're in a world where there's more teachers that aren't qualified than are. So I just want to say thank you all for coming and giving me the opportunity to accumulate uh, some merit uh, by translating for uh, someone I don't have any business uh, translating for based on my scholastic aptitude. But I'll do the best that I can today to uh, uh, let you know what Rinpoche is, is teaching. So today Rinpoche is uh, going to continue his commentary on Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. This text is a commentary on Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment and uh, is a complete overview of all the stages of the Path to Enlightenment uh, that are found in the authentic Indian commentaries that are the commentaries on the actual pronouncements of Lord Buddha. Uh, we're in the beginning section of that text and Rinpoche generally gives a short overview of the pages before, before we begin uh, with where we left off last week in the text. Um, my name is Jeff, I'm the translator. Uh, before the teaching begins, uh, we will have some introductory prayers that we do. Uh, so if you turn to the blue book into the back section, it's about eight pages from the back. There's a yellow section that's tabbed off and it says prayers for teachings. And on the one side you'll uh, see a picture of Chen Rezig Buddha, the Buddha of Compassion, and the other side the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, which you might also know as the Heart Sutra. Uh, we read that in its entirety, including the title. Uh, because it's tradition to read the title, because it is a uh, word of the Buddha, um, and including the Sanskrit mantra in the center. So we just read that in order. The following page, there's Tibetan transliteration and English translation. We, we, we read just the tr Tibetan transliteration, uh, as well as the Sanskrit transliteration in the center. Uh, the only thing that's different uh, than what you see is that we don't actually do that Sanskrit mantra 21 times, as it says. We just do it silently to ourselves in the amount of time that Rinpoche uh, does to himself. Next page, Outer Mandala Offering, we do in English as well as Tibetan, so the page reads in the, the way that it stands. Uh, and then Prayer of Refuge in Bodhicitta, uh, we do only in the Tibetan transliteration, and that's in just the, uh, uh, done three times. And Rinpoche leads that prayer, uh, so uh, the Prayer of Refuge in Bodhicitta. Uh, after that, uh, the teaching will begin uh, and go on for an hour and a half or so, and when the teaching has concluded, uh, we do the concluding prayers uh, that are found directly after uh, the introductory prayers. So we have the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer, Samantabhadra dedication, long life prayer for His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and the long life prayer for uh, Rinpoche, Kensar uh, Wandok Rinpoche. Uh, so, That'll be the order of events for today, and uh, again, I just want to thank you all for coming and, and uh, making it possible through the interdependence uh, uh, that everything uh, goes through for this teaching to uh, be taking place. The Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Bolshevik Mountain. Together with the great gathering of the Sangha of monks and the great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas, at that time the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination.
And at the same time, Noble Avogadeshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avogadeshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, Hadashi, the son or daughter of noble family train, who wishes to practice the sound of Paramita. Addressed in this way, Noble Avogadeshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, son or daughter of noble family, who wishes to practice the profound Pajamaramita, should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form. Emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth, no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no dharmas. No mind consciousness, dhatu. No ignorance, no end of ignorance, no old age of death, no end of old age of death, no suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajaparamita fully awakened to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajaparamita mantra is said in this way Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisattva. Good good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. And the Blessed One has said this, Venerable Shariputra, the Noble Avogadro the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and Gandharvas, rejoice and praise the words of the Blessed One. <laughs> Shandara Samaraya Medeata Om Gade Gade Baragade Barazangadi Bodhiso Baba Gonjusanjika Edemidoji Lobodoji Bodoji Wadoji Dagi Baji Medum Beji Donji Jedingo Yeso
fundamental ground is scented with incense and moon flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas, high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready to shower of rain the teachings deep and wide. Jesus, <laughs> 
So again, we will be looking at uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. And this text is a commentary uh, on Atisha's Lamp for the Path to, uh, to Enlightenment. And it's in a collection of commentaries that Lama Tsongkhapa wrote. And it's the most vast or uh, the, uh, uh, the most vast uh, text on the stage of the path that Lama Tsongkhapa wrote. And it is called The Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment or the Lam Rim Chemo. The next size text that he wrote was called The uh, Medium uh, Stages of the Path or the Lam Rim Din. Uh, and this text was about 200 leaflets long and was also a commentary on that same material. Uh, and then there are more abbreviated versions of uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's commentary, such as the Lamrim Dudun, which is called the abbreviated stages on the path to enlightenment, uh, and then some of the more condensed texts, uh, even, uh, some of the even more condensed texts, uh, such as the foundation of all good qualities uh, and the three principal paths. Uh, so we find this collection of Lama Tsongkhapa's texts that are all commentaries on Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, the great treatise on the stage of the Path to Enlightenment being the most extensive commentary. Um, so all of the Buddhist teachings uh, or the pronouncements of Lord Buddha and the authentic Indian commentaries uh, uh, can be condensed into uh, three pathways. Those pathways leading to the higher realms, those pathways leading to nirvana or liberation, and then those pathways which lead to complete Buddhahood. Uh, complete enlightenment. Um, so uh, these, uh, um, the explanation of these paths is most extensive in the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. And then there's a medium uh, level of explanation or uh, a medium level of extensiveness in the medium lamrim or the um, uh, medium stages of the path. And then the small lamrim, the lamrim dude in the abbreviated stages of the path has a a small amount of explanation about uh, that subject matter of the three, those three pathways leading to those three different results. Uh, and then those abbreviated teachings, such as the foundation of all good qualities, also known as the source of all my good, and the three principal paths. Uh, so all of these uh, go from uh, more extensive amounts of information to more condensed information, but all are uh, commentary on the same subject matter of those three paths that are condensed or summarize all of Buddha's Pronouncements in the commentaries. the four specific categories to explain this teaching. 
the first category is the greatness of the teaching's author, uh, and that gives a, uh, an explanation of the liberation life story of Lord Atisha, the author of The Lamp of the Path to Enlightenment. And the second category is the greatness of the actual teaching itself. Uh, third category is the great way to listen to and explain the instructions. Uh, and then the fourth category is how to lead students in those actual instructions. So this is the outline of the, in the beginning section of the text. Uh, so, uh, we are now um, at the fourth uh, section and how to lead students uh, in the actual uh, way, uh, how to lead students in the actual instruction. Uh, so, the first uh, category is uh, the relying on the teacher that is the root of the path. Uh, so, in that section, there are six categories uh, that explain uh, how one is to rely upon. Uh, a teacher that is the root of the path. And then the next chapter is how one actually sustains that med meditation. And then there are two parts to that, how one, how one sustains the meditation. The first part is the actual uh, way of sustaining that meditation, which is in chapter 5. And then the next is uh, um, dispelling misconceptions about uh, that meditation, uh, which is uh, chapter number 6 in the English uh, text. Uh, so now we've arrived at the section on refuting misconceptions about uh, meditation. So this is on page 109 uh, in the English section, uh, and uh, it is chapter 6, uh, and then I believe it's 59 in the Tibetan. 59? 69. Uh, 59. That's cool. 69. So English uh Mm -hmm. 
Um, so this uh, section, uh, refuting misconceptions about uh, meditation, uh, is speaking of uh, meditation uh, specifically about relying on the teacher, uh, because we're in the section on relying on the teacher and specifically refuting misconceptions about that meditation. Uh, and when we take the category of meditation, there are two different categories. There is uh, analytical meditation, uh, uh, or analysis meditation, uh, and then there is fixed or stabilizing meditation, or sometimes single-pointed uh, meditation. So there are these two uh, different kinds of meditation. And the first misconception uh, that is negated is the view of nihilism, uh, and it's specifically the view that uh, the Chinese master, or Chinese abbot Hashan, uh, held, uh, uh, where there was uh, um, uh, uh, an issue with him not seeing uh, all of the uh, Buddha's teachings and the authentic Indi Indian commentaries as instructions to practice that are necessarily causes for uh, happiness. Hashan uh, felt that um, if there was meditation, it necessarily had to be stabilizing or fixed meditation or single-pointed meditation and that analysis uh, was actually an opponent to or harmful to uh, meditation and would only categorically uh, fall under um, uh, a reflection and study and not necessarily meditation. Uh, so Hashan asserted that uh, meditating, uh, um, um, that analysis uh, and studies and so forth were necessarily not uh, meditation and that if it is uh, uh, meditation, it is necessarily uh, stabilizing meditation or um, uh, fixed meditation. Um, so, uh, um, uh, not seeing uh, uh, that the, uh, um, all the, the um, teachings and, and commentaries or authentic Indian, uh, the Buddha's pronouncements in authentic Indian commentaries uh, as being personal instructions uh, is uh, an incorrect view. And one needs to recognize that all of these instructions are the means to temporary and ultimate happiness because all of the instructions uh, cause one to uh, achieve rebirth into the higher realms or achieve liberation or nirvana or, then, or ultimately achieve uh, Buddhahood or complete enlightenment. So therefore, uh, all of the teachings are instructions for practice that are necessarily causes for happiness. And Hashan felt that this was not necessarily the case uh, uh, was not necessarily the case. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
so Hashan felt that uh, um, if it's meditation, it's necessarily stabilizing uh, meditation, and felt that uh, the 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 wisdoms, uh, the three different types of wisdom and how uh, they are produced, is not were not necessarily uh, in the order of a cause and effect relationship. Um, he felt that the uh, analysis and uh, the wisdom arisen from hearing and analysis were necessarily for the means of uh, defeating non-Buddhist opponents or for intellectual exercises, and, and they were not uh, actual meditations. So uh, he, uh, there, uh, um, uh, it's clear that there is a cause and effect relationship when one looks at Maitreya's uh, ornaments in the Mahayana Sutras where he shows that the wisdom arisen from hearing causes the wisdom arisen from contemplation or analysis and then that, that wisdom causes the wisdom arisen from meditation so that there was actual progression of cause and effect uh, relationships uh, that uh, these different types of wisdom held and then ultimately the wisdom arisen from meditation. But Hashan felt that um, any kind of analysis involved conceptual thought. And if there was conceptual thought being utilized, then there was necessarily grasping at signs of true existence or grasping at uh, uh, true establishment. Um, so because there was this uh, grasping, then this type, of, uh, um, um, this type of thinking actually was an obstacle to Buddhahood uh, instead of an aid in the path. And he didn't believe or feel that these uh, assertions in the texts or scriptures that stated there were cause and effect relationships were accurate. So he uh, felt that, that they were, uh, um, his view was the correct view, and that the only type of meditation, again, was that single pointed kind of meditation. <laughs> Then there is. 
So Hashan felt that because uh, the wisdom arisen from uh, hearing and the wisdom arisen from uh, contemplation were conceptual and felt that because all uh, um, form, uh, sounds, uh, smells, taste, uh, tactile sensations were uh, necessarily uh, grasping at true establishment, uh, then necessarily these two wisdoms were grasping at true establishment or grasping at signs of true existence. Uh, and therefore, uh, um, they were um, obstacles. So he held the view that there were uh, um, none of these things. Uh, and it, that view is the, the um, grasping uh, at the uh, um, uh, grasping at the things as being uh, non-existent. The 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 Hashan Dawa. Okay, so Hashan felt that one uh, was to, emp to, to not uh, engage any of, of uh, anything whatsoever, and that any uh, type of form or sound or uh, uh, taste or tactile sensation or smell was necessarily a uh, wrong, uh, wrong view. And uh, it was uh, so there was an idea of nothingness in meditation uh, that was would fall categorically under nihilism. Uh, so there's a, a wrong view, uh, which is the wrong view that grasps at uh, um, nothingness, and then the wrong view that grasps at establishment. Uh, so the grasping at the um, uh, um, uh, establishment of self or establishment of person. All of these would necessarily fall under the uh, wrong view of, of true establishment, where in Hashan's view would fall under the wrong view of nihilism, uh, believing that the uh, um, absence of, of anything in the mind was necessarily uh, the true view. <laughs> Mariba, Jita, Tata, Luta, 
so uh, the uh, we look at the uh, afflictions and we look at uh, wrong view, which uh, necessarily is categorically afflictions. There are six uh, categories of uh, wrong view. There is, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, six, six categories of the root afflictions. Uh, so six categories of the root afflictions are attachment, uh, anger or hatred, uh, pride, um, uh, uh, afflicted uh, uh, ignorance, afflicted view, and afflicted doubt. Uh, so uh, these are the um, uh, six categories of the root afflictions. And then uh, for the, the categories of afflicted view are, just give me one second here, are uh, the view of the transitory collection. There are one, two, three, four. There are five uh, afflicted views. Um, so there is the view of the transitory uh, collection, jigsotawa. Uh, uh, there is the view of holding to an extreme, darzin pitawa. There is a conception of uh, bad view as supreme, dawa chuzin. There is a conception of bad ethics and modes of conduct as uh, supreme, suchindan duju chuzin, and uh, perverse view, luta. So these are the five afflicted views. Uh, that uh, are among uh, uh, the uh, are in the category of afflicted view that are among the six root afflictions. Mm. So if we take these uh, first five and we add them to the five that fall categorically under the afflicted view, so we take um, attachment, we take anger, we take uh, pride, we take um, afflicted uh, ignorance, we take afflicted doubt, uh, and then we take the five afflicted views, which are the view of the transitory collection, the view of holding to an extreme, uh, the conception of uh, a view, a bad view as su supreme, the conception of bad modes of ethics uh, to be, uh, uh, and modes of conduct as supreme and perverse view, making for a total of ten afflictions if we look at the categories uh, among the afflictions. So the uh, um, afflictions are harmful to oneself and harmful to others. Uh, so it's important for when uh, it's important when they arise that we immediately um, um, uh, try to get rid of them, as it states in the uh, um, eight verses for training the mind for, by Geshe Langritamba. Uh, whenever a disturbing emotion arises, endangering myself and others, I will firmly face and avert it. Uh, because afflictions harm self or others, we need to try to avert them uh, whenever they arise uh, immediately.
so it stated that um, uh, these afflictions have the ability to do a large amount of dam damage uh, because we like to experience uh, happiness or pleasant pleasantries of one's body uh, and, and speech. Um, ビ。だ、ま、そんでまるだ。ね、ぶとじ。ね、ぶとじ。ね、ぶとじ。ね、ぶとじ。ね、ぶとじ。ね、ぶとじ。ね、ぶとじ。ね、ぶとじ。ね
then it, it destroys over a thousand uh, eons. If uh, bodhisattva at the same level as another bodhisattva gets angry, it destroys a hundred eons. Uh, so we see here it says this is destroyed in one moment of anger. Um, uh, so we can see how um, harmful the afflictions are uh, to our virtuous deeds because just one moment of that anger destroys eons of, of happiness according to the Shanti Deva's gu Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life. <laughs> By having the wrong or perverse view, it's like pulling the root of all virtues out, just like one's pulling the roots of a tree out. I forgot that from before. So it's the wrong view takes our virtues and the roots of them and yanks them out from us, just like pulling the tree out of a ground by its roots. Um, but if we do engage in these non-virtuous activities, if we do engage in misdeeds, if we do have wrong views, if we do engage in uh, any among the ten non-virtuous activities, then it's possible to purify those downfalls or non-virtues by applying uh, practices such as the four opponent powers that have the ability to purify those negativities that we've engaged in. So, thinking in this way is very good. Then this is necessarily uh, meditation. 
and then the uh, wisdom arisen from meditation is necessarily meditation. So listening to the teaching uh, and then repeated analysis and then uh, the meditation itself are all uh, 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 have cause and effect relationships with one or one another. The wisdom arisen from hearing, uh, which is meditation, causes the wisdom arisen from con uh, contemplation, which is meditation. And the wisdom arisen from contemplation, which is meditation, uh, gives rise to the wisdom arisen from meditation. Um, so there are these different categories that all lead up to the wisdom arisen from meditation, but in our system, they are all necessarily meditation. <laughs> So we were at uh, the, the place about the one grain of rice, the barley, uh, just being the only one that there is on page 110. It's where it says 70 uh, in the book. That's where we left off last time. <laughs> so this wisdom arisen from hearing and listening to the, the or studying, uh, and then the wisdom uh, arisen from contemplation or analysis, repeatedly thinking again and again about that object of observation, um, are necessarily meditations. But they are not the wisdom arisen from meditation. They are meditation, but not the wisdom arisen from meditation. This is a separate category that they lead up to. But they are considered meditation. So any of those uh, uh, wisdoms, uh, those types of wisdoms are necessarily uh, meditation. So the wisdom arisen from uh, um, uh, hearing, and the wisdom arisen from analysis, uh, um, and the wisdom arisen from uh, meditation are all meditations. But the first two are meditation, but not wisdom arisen from meditation. Gonjo <laughs> 
we're actually further ahead. Um, uh, we're on page 111, uh, right below where it says 71. So we've gone from these mistaken customs persist in Tibet um, uh, to while mere familiarization with knowledge acquired through the wisdom of study and reflection is indeed not a good quality that results from meditation, how could this contradict familiarization as simply being equivalent uh, to meditation? If it did, then meditation would never be possible for an ordinary being who had not attained access to the first uh, meditative uh, stabilization. Um, so here, uh, this is stating that um, it, it, if it is meditation, it is not necessarily the wisdom arisen from meditation. Um, because in order to, at this first concentration level, uh, you have meditation, meditative stabilization, but not the wisdom arisen from meditation. So how would it be possible uh, um, for these things not to be meditation if there is an example of a meditative stabilization where it isn't the wisdom arisen from meditation? So here it's just clarifying, even in a, uh, in a, using uh, the technique of debate, uh, um, or, or question and response, or objection and response, to respond to the idea that stabilizing meditation is the only kind of meditation, and, and uh, reduct, re, what is it, reducting it to ad absurdio, or whatever they like to write, ad absurdum, or something like that in Latin. I see a lot in text it's translated as. So that's the point of this debate. <laughs> Conception. <laughs> ดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซาลดิซา
ça tombe que Tomato devait se rencontrer eux mêmes en Ivoirais. Ok. Ben Santen, j'ai pas zoomé. Santen, j'ai pas zoomé. Santen, j'ai pas zoomé là. Ok. Santen, t'as mis une dose, moi je suis euro. Santen, t'as mis une dose, t'as tant. Chenet, moi t'as mis une dose, chenet, moi euro. Chenet, moi chenet, t'as mis tout. Santen, t'as mis chenet tout. Santen, t'as mis chenet tout. ชนะชนะดูดูดูวันนั้นดูดูวันนี้ก็คุยเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอเจอ
So um, then it says, uh, um, for the texts on knowledge often explain that the process of entering a higher level from the level of the desire realm creates a good quality that results from meditation, but there is no such result of meditation, creation of a good quality associated with the desire realm uh, itself. So that's speaking of the desire realm not being a place where this uh, um, wisdom arisen from meditation uh, arrives. Therefore, understand meditation as it is explained in Dharma uh, Mitra's uh, Clear Words Commentary. It says, meditating is making the mind take on the state or conditioning uh, of the object of meditation. So, taking on the state here is referring to having the mind become of one taste or one nature with uh, whatever the object of meditation is. And then there's, that's the first. And then the second is conditioning. Uh, here, this is referring to thinking again and again and again and creating a facsimile of uh, the med object of meditation within one's mind that's a facsimile of it being uh, the actual nature of the mind or taking on the state of that um, um, uh, um, topic. So here, uh, if we're looking uh, at the um, conditioning, if we're thinking of emptiness itself, we could say that things are not, phenomena are not truly established. Why are they not truly established? Because they lack, uh, because they dependently originate. Uh, they are not truly established, they are necessarily empty. So thinking about this again and again is conditioning the mind to make it uh, so that it's in the, uh, the nature, uh, the mind is in the nature of the object of meditation. Um, uh, and again, if we're looking at uh, the meditation again and again on impermanence and the suffering nature of it, or uh, thinking about faith or compassion, or the mind that aspires to enlightenment, or four immeasurables. It's about conditioning the mind again and again so that it becomes in the state of bodhicitta, the state of the four immeasurables, the state of compassion, the state of uh, meditation on impermanence. So it, it takes on that actual uh, um, um, state 
uh, if you will, uh, but it takes that on through this conditioning, this process of conditioning. Dead school, Kasetje Guru. So it goes on to say here, conditioning and meditation are synonymous. Uh, so uh, Rinpoche said it's almost similar to a country, single-pointed concentration, and then, and then what was the, it was, uh, you said single-pointed concentration and... I'm not sure which is which, something, right, calm abiding and, and, and single-pointed concentration. So single-pointed, con calm abiding is single-pointed concentration, but single-pointed concentration isn't always necessarily calm abiding. Okay. The Tianzi Yena, the Santin Micha. So the concentration levels themselves are uh, um, uh, the concentration levels themselves are actual places that one arrives at uh, in uh, at the first concentration level and the second concentration level and so forth. These are actual uh, places that are uh, uh, different. Where there are gods and there are uh, um, various beings and deities that abide. So in the Samten, which is the concentration, which is has levels, there are various different places that one arrives at in meditation. And in, in order for me to get into more depth, I would need more time and, and studying on the specific subject because it's the concentration levels are really difficult. Uh, that Rinpoche is trying to explain, and uh, I can definitely translate them with preparation, but I've prepared for this material today, so um, uh, if we could table that, I definitely would love to answer the distinctions between single-pointed concentration uh, and calm abiding and the levels of concentration. Rinpoche is talking about concentration levels and, and, uh, and concentration itself. Uh, so I, if we could just table that discussion until uh, a later time, it would be helpful for me. So as one uh, goes through uh, the different stages of meditation, one achieves a state of uh, mental uh, and physical pliancy. Uh, and then eventually uh, ends up at the first concentration uh, level as a result of the stages of uh, meditation and, and process of, of the winds changing uh, and so forth. For example, meditating on compassion and meditating on faith mean that the mind must be made to develop these qualities. So 
So here, when we're looking at uh, meditating on faith, uh, for instance, if we're speaking of faith in the teacher, we think again and again about the good qualities of the teacher and the uh, um, reasons for uh, wanting to have faith so that our mind becomes in the nature of this faith, so that it takes on the actual state um, of faith. If we look at uh, renunciation and the desire to definitely emerge from cyclic existence, uh, this desire to emerge, uh, um, we think of again and again, and our mind takes on that state of the desire to emerge. If we look at others and wish that they could be free from suffering, uh, uh, um, uh, and that we could get um, others out, uh, um, then uh, this becomes the uh, um, uh, mind of, of compassion. Um, so it, and it takes on the, uh, of the same uh, um, state uh, um, through this conditioning of thinking about this, then it starts to take on this state of uh, compassion. And at first it takes on a facsimile of uh, renunciation or a faith in the teacher or um, uh, um, compassion, um, and then it becomes of one nature with it or one uh, um, uh, state through this conditioning or through this med- uh, familiarization. I'm also going Palitan <laughs> Um, um, so then it says, uh, for example, uh, we already read that, uh, meditating on compassion, meditating on faith mean that the mind must be made to develop these qualities. Um, so because of this, even the great translators sometimes use the term path of meditation and at other times use the term conditioning. Uh, as the phrase from Matreya's ornament for clear knowledge, the paths of seeing and conditioning. 
um, conditioning and meditation are synonymous. So here, whether they're using uh, meditation uh, or uh, conditioning, uh, which is in the Tibetan, is a, a lot more similar a word. Uh, it's very, very similar, the word itself, whereas in the t English, there are um, different words, maybe similar meaning, but in Tibetan, the words are very, very similar. It's like gomdan uh, gomba. ゴンダンゴンバ。ロザカジゴンバスジュ。いや、そう、it's um, and that's not saying the uh, path of meditation, that specific one in the five paths, translator's notes, just a, a term they chose to use, or sometimes uh, conditioning. Uh, and that could also be translated as familiarization. You hear that a lot. Um, so in Maitreya's text, it says these are the same thing. Meditation, conditioning, familiarization, these are the same. <laughs> <笑>あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、
it's saying that uh, here, repeated, repeated reflection is um, analytical meditation. So if all meditation is necessarily uh, single-pointed or um, uh, fixed meditation, then it, it would contradict this. Um, so uh, here it's negating this idea that all meditation is necessarily fixed or stabilizing meditation uh, and stating that uh, and that analytical meditation um, is also uh, um, necessary, and it says in order for one to achieve this state of the noble beings on the path of meditation. Uh, so uh, um, it, 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 all of these constitute that path, so it would be, uh, because something within that is, is analytical meditation, it negates the idea that there is not analytical meditation. Chegou So, uh, in the Shanti Deva's Bodhichara Avatara, uh, he speaks of this actual acquaintance with the mind or conditioning the mind. He uh, begins in the first chapter uh, by saying, There is nothing here that has not been explained before. So, all of this teaching has already been explained. Uh, the conquerors, the, the commentaries, this, is all, uh, this has all been explained before. I don't have any skill in art or of rhetoric, so and I don't have any skill with words or uh, um, uh, giving speeches, um, uh, therefore lacking any intention to benefit others. So this is uh, uh, not for the purpose of benefiting others. Uh, it says, I will write this in order to acquaint it to my own mind. Uh, so here it's saying, um, uh, the purpose of uh, composing the Bodhichara Avatara was to condition Shantideva's own mind with this uh, information. Uh, so we find here um, uh, this uh, um, conditioning that's uh, um, uh, uh, being uh, spoken of. Uh, and here it says, furthermore, there is no end uh, to the statements which explain that the purpose of sustained and repeated analysis is meditation. meditation. For instance, there are references to meditating on faith meditating on the four immeasurables in the spirit of enlightenment, and meditating on impermanence and suffering. 
Shanti Deva in uh, engaging in the Bodhisattva's deeds and compendium of training states, I compose this in order to condition my own mind. Uh, so here, Lama Sankapa is referring to the, that uh, stanza in the Bodhichara Avatara uh, and showing how this analysis is necessary and how the conditioning of the mind uh, is, is, is necessary. So here, if one is again and again thinking of uh, bodhicitta and impermanence and the four immeasurables and suffering and, and all of these things again and again, then one is meditating on uh, these topics. So meditating on faith, meditating on impermanence, uh, and it, this is repeated familiarization. So it becomes a, uh, a state of one's mind that <coughs> conditions it to be. Lesser. Je <coughs> 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 ね、ペラチャ、ジデシャペバチャディワス。ジデペ、ペ、チュペチペラチャシ。シェロセメベナ、シェロムドス。シェロペソセペマレス。シェロセメベナレシナ、ドドマネ。アネシェロセメバ、
um, by acquainting it with his own mind, it's also ab absolutely going to benefit others because Shanti Deva is being a bodhisattva. So it's a uh, almost a, a, a secondary effect or a, of of acquainting it with his own mind. So if it is of benefit to others, then so be it. But uh, if not, then it will be of benefit to one's own mind. <coughs> what does one hear? So this is what has been stated. So here it says, um, therefore, meditate, uh, um, 
I don't know if I read to here, so I'll just, I think I did. I compose this in order to condition it in my mind. In this way, he says that all stages of the path that he explains in these texts, two texts are meditation. So all these stages are considered meditation. Furthermore, the compendium of training says, therefore, meditate continuously on any distribution, protection, purification, or enhancement of your body, resources, or merit. Um, I'm just, I'm in, some of the words in here, I'm just not sure. Um, here, it's, merit is uh, giving one's merit away. And we're, when we do uh, giving and taking, or tone lend practice, where we imagine that in the form of a white light through our left nostril, we're giving away our root virtues uh, to sentient beings, and through a black light taking on their suffering um, in the right nostril uh, as we inhale. Um, um, uh, this uh, would be, uh, here it says... Uh, distribution, um, and here it's talking about uh, merit, and that's what here that's referring to. Resources, giving away uh, one's resources or things. Enhancement of the body, Rinpoche says, uh, um, the Lui Jimba. Lui Jimba. Rinpoche said lower here. <laughs> Below here, it actually clarifies uh, this. Um, <laughs> So speaking of the three getsasum, uh, the three root virtues, longshu. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Okay, so the three root virtues, one's body and one's resources. So uh, here, um, this is what it's uh, speaking of. We're giving away the, the three root virtues, um, uh, and Rinpoche said it will clarify it below, um, um, resources and body. Um, so here, it says, this indicates that meditation includes any performance of the four practice of distributing, protecting, uh, purifying and enhancing with regard to your body resources uh, or root virtues. So here, uh, the three root body resources and root virtues, root virtues being three. With this in mind, do not take meditation to be very limited. Um, and uh, here, uh, um, there, are, there were a couple of other words. The purification uh, wasn't very... purifying uh, negativities. Uh, protection here is... Uh, um, to protect deities, um, or like the same sort of protection um, that one would think of uh, as pr protection. Uh, so those were very limited commentary on those other words, and we'll see what it's, it says when, as we go on. Gondosombe, Gonshevane, Dachuzun Shila, Mazon, Gonsi, Dachuzun Shizan Tajmudos, Lujimba Tawan, Sumon, 
So, uh, in Shanti Deva's texts, two texts, the Compendium of Trainings and the Bodhichara Avatara, it states that all of these uh, things are meditation. Uh, when one uh, 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 gives, uh, engages in performance of the four practices of distributing, protecting, purifying, and enhancing uh, uh, with regard to the, uh, one's body, uh, one's resources uh, and root virtues, then this is also uh, meditation. Um, so uh, enhancing, uh, uh, so here distributing, protecting, purifying, and enhancing are the four that, uh, with regard to body, resources, and roots of virtue. What the goals of what the this is all meditation. Yeah, to what time did Zone, Moreover, uh, to claim that all conceptual thought involves the apprehensions of signs of true existence and thus prevents enlightenment is the worst possible misconception insofar as it disregards all discerning meditation or an, an analytical meditation. This is the system of uh, the Chinese abbot Hashan. I will explain its refutation in the section on serenity and insight. It's a, later on in the text there's a section on uh, meditative serenity and special insight. This misconception also interferes with the development of deep respect for the classic texts because these texts are mainly concerned only with the need to use discerning analysis, whereas Hashan's system sees all analysis as unnecessary uh, during practice. Um, so uh, here there is the idea that all conceptual thought is necessarily grasping at signs of true establishment according to Hashan's uh, system. Uh, so uh, this is what... Uh, is being thought of, uh, is being mentioned here as the worst uh, possible misconception because it uh, uh, disregards the classic texts and their explanation of meditation and the different divisions of it. So it's, uh, it's one of the um, most incorrect or worst possible misconceptions. <laughs> Hemisho 
So Ashan's assertions uh, is, are uh, against uh, what we find in the Kangjur, uh, the uh, pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries, where it states that the um, uh, wisdom arisen from con uh, hearing and the wisdom arisen from uh, contemplation are all necessarily meditations, and that the classic texts state that um, uh, it, it's ne necessary to have discerning wisdom uh, in order to um, uh, arrive at, uh, um, uh, in order, uh, in order to arrive at this uh, wisdom arisen from meditation. So, um, the idea of Hashan's system directly goes against what it says, states in the. Um, Great classic text, and here classic texts are referring to the conjure and the tenure. The Hajanga, what the conjure tenure to the Tuzon, Tuzon, the Shadow, Kiva Shiva, the Gubayo Maris, Saja Gubu to Gishigris, the Lava Tege, Tamba Nobi, Tianto, and the Chittis, Kanju Tenjugi, then Saja Gitamba to the Kunga, Gubu Mabachaki, Changes, Hajanga to Kilabaina. Anna, then Jusen Karasana. その Ashan sees, uh, system sees all analysis as unnecessary during practice. So Ashan sees that the wisdom arisen from con uh, hearing and contemplation are unnecessary and uh, not needed. Um, this is, it says, uh, um, this is also a major cause of the teaching's decline. Um, because those who have this misconception do not recognize the classic scriptures and their commentaries to be instructions uh, and therefore belittle their value. So not recognizing that all of these uh, classic texts, Kangjur and the Tanjur, are instructions uh, to practice that are the causes for happiness. Um, uh, um, uh, not, it, I'm sorry, 
um, holding this view is clear that one uh, does not recognize that the uh, um, authentic Indian commentaries and the Lord Buddha's pronouncements are instructions to practice that are uh, causes for happiness. Um, so this view is, is clearly wrong. Um, and it causes uh, the teachings to decline. Um, and it's because of those who have the misconception do not rec recognize classic scriptures and their commentaries to be instructions and therefore belittle their value. What the Lajan Lobanaji, Chiba in the Junich of Shadaris, Swanji never Jubijia, what the Nikinaga Chibu was, the Nisu, the Malas, Gunla Chibun to Juguni Yuaris, Chibun Mori. You <laughs> Chandogun uh, so here, um, so what are the paths uh, of, of uh, analytical and non-analytical meditations and their differences? So here it says, question, if as you say there are two types of meditation, analytical meditation, and non-analytical stabilizing meditation, what kind of practice involves analytical meditation, and what uh, kind involves uh, stabilizing meditation? And then there's a reply. I will explain this. Analytical meditation is necessary for meditations such as those on faith in the teacher, the great importance and difficulty uh, in obtaining leisure and opportunity, death and impermanence, karma and its effects, and the faults of cyclic existence and the spirit of, of enlightenment. Um, this is because these meditations need an awareness that is long-lasting, very forceful, and capable of changing the mind. Um, so this here is showing uh, how this analysis of these different topics is necessary to uh, really uh, make it a very stable, forceful um, uh, changing of the mind or uh, shift of the mind. So this is speaking of analytical meditation here. <laughs> Ikunibare, <laughs> 
so here it says um, this is because these meditations need an awareness that is long-lasting, very forceful, and capable of changing the mind. Without this, you will not be able to stop the forces that oppose uh, these meditations, such as disrespect. So without analytical meditation, without analysis, one won't be able to oppose those forces, uh, negativities, or things that arise, such as disrespect. Furthermore, the development of such a powerful awareness solely depends upon repeated meditation uh, with uh, discerning analysis. So um, stabilizing meditation will not uh, be sufficient, uh, won't be enough um, uh, when we're uh, um, trying uh, uh, to have a, a long-lasting, forceful uh, change of mind relative to the difficulty of obtaining leisure and opportunity and faith in the teacher and impermanence and karma and its consequences in this bodhicitta and, and cyclic existence. Um, so here, analytical meditation is indispensable and stabilizing meditation won't create this change of mind. The dutsu are karma nga... So we're out of time. Uh, um, so we'll get back to this next week. Thank you all for coming, and we'll do the concluding prayers. And then we have some announcements. If someone else could do them, uh, just because I don't know all the announcements right now. That would be fantastic. Um, so we'll do the concluding mandal offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrava to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise to Mantabhadra as well. With the dedication of praise is supreme by all the conquerors who traversed three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness, all powerful Avalokiteshvara attended Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for a long life with precious Kensu Wanak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, and exceptional wisdom and perseverance.